0: Hey watchers, today's episode features another film by one of Josh's favorite directors, Tim Burton. This Oscar-winning bonkers of a movie is still much loved to this day. It spawned a cartoon series and even a Broadway show. So grab your handbook for the recently deceased and put on your favorite bedsheet because it's time for 1988's ghost with the most, Beetlejuice. 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 Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Josh
1: Beruto, and we review movies that are at least 10 years old. Fair warning, we're big on spoilers
0: here, straight from the get-go. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a Midnight Watch? What
1: is a Midnight Watch? It's a film which completely captures your attention, drawing you in. No matter what time or what part you start watching the movie, you have to finish it.
0: Well, we are back after our... And we're back. Yeah, yeah thanks for sticking around. After a month-long and month-and-a-half-long time, had some good vacation time, got some got some stuff done, living yep. life. Yep. All that good stuff.
1: Work some overtime.
0: Yeah, definitely work some overtime. So that's always ex- exciting for the money. It was
1: good. It was good with family. We, You and I actually got together during yes, that time. Yes, it was good. That was awesome.
0: Yeah. haven't Pick seen some... each other in person for, what, three years?
1: Um, at least two. Yeah. Because I think you came out to see me when we first moved to
0: Tennessee. Right, right. No, that's true. Dang, that's, yeah. So that was really yeah. good. Finally Boys. got, finally got some some sick pictures. So that was I know pretty some, legit. Some
1: sexy pics right there. I know. We, right? uh, hopefully yeah, hopefully
0: y'all enjoy some of them. We have a few more. Yeah, next we'll time to... we'll go shirtless. But that's only for our myfans.com. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. We laugh. We. <laughs> it's like my friend at work would always say, "Well, at least you're married." <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's jump into it. Let's do it. Beetlejuice. It came out in nineteen eighty eight. Directed by the man Tim Burton. Score was by Danny Elfman. Written by I didn't write that down. Uh I should have written down what it was written by. Uh would you look that up for me? Yep. Looking. Box office. Or I'm sorry, budget fifteen million. Box office eighty four point six million. So this movie killed actually nineteen eighty eight. This was really good. Yeah. It's actually the tenth highest highest grossing movie of the year. I
1: saw that. Yeah, that's pretty dang good for a, a new director's second outing.
0: Right, in a, a a completely new IP and everything like that. Right. Who was it written by?
1: Okay, so we got Michael McDowell, mm-hmm. Larry Wilson, and oh, that's for the story. And then Michael McDowell also did the screenplay along with Warren Scarn.
0: Warren Scarn is he related to Michael Scarn?
1: Uh, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go
0: that far. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, but the writer, um, this guy, Michael McDowell, also wrote The uh, Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he was saying that um, they were treating to do uh, the sequel because it was a hit, and then um, just things got out of hand, and they just never did it, and they've been supposedly right. working on it for years.
1: I know. I think back in 2015, there was like a big push, like, it's happening, we got people signed on, it's going to happen, and then just
0: poof and nothing yeah this nothing this died before covid so we'll see i think it's just gonna always be kind of potentially out there but right. yeah. yeah it's funny i uh, just
1: it's so weird that it hasn't happened because i mean it was so successful so many great things came from it right and yeah i don't know why it didn't just happen it's crazy but, but anyways yeah. continue
0: uh this is starring michael keaton winona Ryder, gina davis alec baldwin Catherine O'Hara. Jeffrey Jones, Glenn Shaddix, Sylvia Sidney, and Harry Belafonte. I don't know if Harry—was Harry Belafonte in the movie? I know the song is, so I'm sure he was probably in it somewhere. Uh, I don't think so. I, I thought it was just starring his music. Hmm. Well, I'm really—we're really good at uh, researching. <laughs> yeah, man, we sound awesome. Like, we totally know what we're doing. Oh, man, that's just—we're—yes, um— It's not <laughs> firing like— Firing
1: in all cylinders! <laughs>
0: Uh still getting back for vacation, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the thing that's kind of funny, though, about this movie, though, is when it, it was supposed to originally be a horror movie and Beetlejuice was going to be like a winged demon who was like a hardcore right. sadist, rapist, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, a and, lot darker. Yeah. A lot darker. And then they were like, no, let's just make him Let's make him what he is, which actually I right. also heard that a majority of that was Michael, um, Michael Keaton doing that. Like he created the Beetlejuice character.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, saw some trivia myself that said he ad libbed like 90% of his lines. Right. That's, that's nuts. Right. That being that being said, for a movie that is so i iconically him, yeah. Um, and it's the name, and they talk about this character the whole time. He's really it on screen for like 16 or 17 minutes yeah. out of the entire movie. It's,
0: it's crazy. I mean,
1: I was realizing it as I was watching it, but just to see it actually in numbers like that, you're like, That's, that's nothing.
0: Yeah, it really is nothing, yeah. Yeah, 1988 came out in 1988. Um, this is Tim Burton's second film, I believe, like big budget film. Right. Uh, so, which is kind of interesting. Did you, uh,
1: speaking of that, did you ever see
0: Pee-wee's Big Top or whatever? Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Big Adventure. Uh, no, I never did. Have you seen it?
1: No. I was, I don't know, I just thought it looked so stupid when I was a kid. I just, it was, I had zero interest in it.
0: Well, they had that thing um, um, for a while talking about, what is was that, Paul Rubin being a pedophile or whatever.
1: Oh, right. And that then, was later, though, because when this came out, it, he was huge. He right. He was, you know...
0: And then it, turns, it off, turns out that he was just, like, apparently, like, watching a porn movie uh, in, what, 42nd Street or whatever, doing his thing, and somebody caught him, and I'm like, what else are you supposed to do when you're watching a porn movie? <laughs> <laughs> Take notes? <laughs> yeah. So... That's I'm just was...
1: studying for my next project.
0: <laughs> it's interesting though. Like uh, the thing I remember Paul Rubin most for actually was I'm the spleen from Mr. Men. Yes,
1: Man. <laughs> yes <Yeah>. me
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get to that movie re- eventually. Oh, I know. Anyways, oh, back to yeah, Beetlejuice. Yeah, so Tim Burton was like a super hot director at the time, and I thought this was a, a story from like his story because this totally seems like a Tim Burton original movie. And right. it's totally not like uh, he. Yeah. A lot of people were passing on it. Um, apparently, like the entire cast passed on it, except for Gina Davis. She was the only person who signed on uh, re- re- real quick. Like immediately. Right. Yeah. Michael Keaton thought he didn't get it until he watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure and talked to Tim Burton. And then he's like, oh, OK, I get this. It's right. a hard movie. It would be a hard movie to explain to somebody.
1: Right. And especially when there's really nothing else like it. I mean, because I was even. Yeah. And maybe this is just the genius of of michael keaton you know young michael keaton at that yeah uh it's very much like the mask or it's very jim carrey um you know larger than life characters and caricature right and then also uh robin williams in you know playing the genie in aladdin just just firing super fast on these different characters and spoofs and whatnot and i don't think anybody else had really that i'm aware mm-hmm. i mean it was it was kind of a new thing yeah, it was. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I'd love to hear uh, some other movies where that was kind of happening before then.
0: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Okay, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's uh, let's jump into uh, the synopsis first. Yeah. Oh, one one last little bit of trivia
1: I saw. So apparently they needed a title for the movie, and mm-hmm. Tim Burton was was going with House Ghosts, and then jokingly said to the producers. We should call it "Scared Sheetless," and <laughs> as a joke, and they totally took it seriously. Like, "Oh, that's a great idea," and he was like, "No,
0: <laughs> bad idea." I, that sounds like a like a TV episode of some like Halloween episode or something,
1: right? I mean, it's funny for sure, but I it, it would have kind of taken it down a notch as far as right, you know, the the scary element.
0: I think, but
1: right. I digress. You ready for some uh, some Wikipedia
0: synopsising? I'm ready. That's a, I don't think that's a word. I don't think so either, but, but wiki, I used it. wiki up. It's good. Wiki
1: up. <laughs> wiki up, mother. Okay. <laughs> Married couple, Barbara and Adam Maitland, or Matlin, Maitland? Matlin. I think
0: live Matlin? in winter.
1: That's kind of what I was thinking it was. Man, we Matlin.
0: suck at this today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're rusty, man. It's uh, cold. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to cut ourselves a little slack here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me start over. Married couple, Barbara and Adam Matlin, live in Winter River, Connecticut. In an idyllic country home, which real estate agent Jane Butterfield, Barbara's pushy cousin, pressures them to sell. Returning from a trip to the hardware store, they swerve to avoid a dog, and their car plunges off a bridge and into the river. Back at home, they cannot remember driving there and have no recollection recollection of the accident. Adam attempts to leave the house and finds himself in a strange desert inhabited by monstrous sandworms. He quickly returns to the house where they find a book titled Handbook for the Recently Deceased and realize they drowned in the crash and are spirits trapped in their own house. Jane sells their home to the Dietz family from New York, who are Charles, a former real estate developer, his second wife Delia, a sculptor, and his teenage goth daughter Lydia from his first marriage. With their interior designer, Otto, Delia makes plans to renovate the house. The Matlins attempt to frighten the family away, but fail because they cannot be seen. They take refuge in the attic, where a being named Beetlejuice sends the two, advertisements, or sends the two some advertisements promoting himself as a bio Consulting the handbook, the Matlins open a door to the netherworld and discover that the afterlife is structured as a complex bureaucracy. Their caseworker, Juno, tells them that if they want the Dietzes out of their home, they must make it happen. The Matlins ask about Beetlejuice, and Juno explains he was her former assistant who became a freelancer and warns that he is a troublemaker and they should not seek his help. The Matlins return home and meet Lydia, who is able to see them. Lydia tells them she has read the handbook, and the three become friends. The Matlins still want to remove the Deetzes, however, so they summon Beetlejuice. His abrasive behavior convinces them they made a mistake, and they refuse to work with him. The Matlins attempt to frighten the Dietzes at a dinner party, but their actions backfire, amusing the guests. The Dietzes search the attic and Otho finds the handbook. Beetlejuice manifests as a monstrous snake and attacks them until the Matlins order him to stop. Juno summons the Matlins and scolds them for calling on Beetlejuice and providing proof of the afterlife to the living. She then insists that they get rid of the Dietzes. The two cannot bring themselves to scare Lydia and decide to allow the family to stay. Charles has the idea to turn the town into a tourist trap themed around the supernatural and persuades his former boss, Maxie Dean, to visit. And Maxie demands proof of the supernatural. Using the handbook, Otto summons Adam and Barbara, but they begin to decay, and he realizes what he thought was a seance was actually an exorcism. Lydia asks Beetlejuice for help, and he agrees on the condition she marry him so he can be free to enter the mortal world. She agrees and summons him. Beetlejuice stops the exorcism and disposes of Maxie, his wife, and Otho. He then summons a ghastly minister to wed Lydia. The Matlins intervene before the ceremony is completed, with Barbara bringing a sandworm to devour Betelgeuse. The Matlins and the Dietzes agree to live in the house in harmony, and Lydia becomes more socially adjusted from her friendship with them as she attends school. Meanwhile, in the afterlife, Betelgeuse impatiently sits in the afterlife waiting room, waiting to be called in. He steals the number of a witch doctor who is to be called in next, and in response, the witch doctor angrily shrinks his head in retaliation. Dude, it does sound a lot darker just reading this even. Yeah, like it Like she sounds just super
0: evil and not as
1: fun as well, Michael well, Keaton makes
0: him. <laughs> well, he's definitely like definitely pretty pervy. And like
1: oh, oh dude, that was that surprised me because I was almost gonna watch this with the girls, and it's not like It's not like they couldn't see this. It's just me being dad mode again. I was just like, "Man, this movie's kind of dirty,"
0: and he said he's
1: very pervy, and I was uncomfortable. Well, it's like (laughs) with the thought of the girls watching it.
0: (laughs) I had the same feeling too. Where yeah, I was like when I was watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two in theaters, and they show up at like the uh, with the the, robot sex mansion, and like, (laughs) and they just android brothel. Yeah, and I'm like looking around, like I'm like, this is a Disney movie. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) so yeah, this is a Michael Keaton's favorite film actually of his own. Um, yeah, he, that's he cool. He loved this character. This is the only movie that he actually would want to do a sequel to. I guess he's never been in a. Well, no, I take it back. He was in Batman Returns. So, uh, but besides that, I don't think he's really been in a sequel.
1: Yeah, not that I can think of. There, there was that Static movie he was in. I don't. There was a sequel to it, but I don't know if he was in it. Hm. Was that horror movie from like I don't know, fifteen years ago
0: maybe? Static was that like the, something like that. Was that shock Or, or the...
1: white white noise?
0: Is that what it was? Oh yeah, I, I know I remember the movie. I never saw it. Here we are, just just
1: quick with the facts again. Man,
0: we are just yeah, we're just doing fantastic. Cool Crushing fact, it. cool fact about this Beetlejuice was the first D V D sent out on Netflix in nineteen ninety eight. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so that's actually like kind of groundbreaking since Netflix is a juggernaut now.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. what an honor. So when was the uh when was the first time you saw this movie?
0: oh shoot man it's been forever um maybe when i was like 19 or 20 so 2007 or something like that maybe
1: wow yeah oh, and that that movie i was trying to remember it is called white noise and it was from 2005
0: and i think there was a sequel to that but i don't think he was in it
1: yeah anywho so back in 2007 you think was when yeah. you first saw it
0: yeah i think so it was like yeah because I, I was uh that's when I was just watching a ton of movies, so I think I, I saw it then, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, what about you?
1: I, this is another one. It was one of the few Tim Burton ones that I hadn't seen um, like all at once or straight through. In fact, I realized I probably only saw really about 20 minutes of it, and it happened to be most of when Beetlejuice is in the movie. Really? Wow. Um, yeah, just on TV and whatnot, just seeing different clips of it. When it was on, wait, but I never
0: just. So you've mm, never seen this whole movie before?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, not in one piece. I mean, like I said, I'd seen it in pieces, and there was just huge chunks I'd never, never even seen. Just cause, wow. like I said, just be on TV and you know watch a little bit and.
0: This is like. You know, yeah, this is like a, a Tim Burton classic. Like oh, way I know, up man. there, man. Yeah. Well, wow. really,
1: let's see. I haven't. I was looking at it. I haven't seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I haven't seen I started Big Eyes and it was a little slow and I decided I got to go back and finish it sometime
0: Yeah, I haven't seen those and I didn't watch Dark Shadows I kind of fell off. Well, I fell off the Tim Burton train a while ago So I didn't watch Mrs. Peregrine's um, Home for Peculiar Children. Oh,
1: I haven't seen that one either I keep
0: waiting to watch that with the girls. I really liked the book. I thought it was fantastic Yeah, the book
1: was fun. Yeah, so I'm curious about the movie
0: yeah. Is there uh, anything else we want to talk about that has nothing to do with <laughs> the Beetlejuice? <laughs> we I keep rabbit trailing like crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are. So, oh my gosh. Well, watching, yeah. Going back, dude, Danny Elfman. That oh, dude's yeah. the goat, man. And this is, this is such a, you know, early on. I mean, this is this is this is Danny Elfman in all of his Sonic glory, man. Right. It's, it's very
0: cool. This is like Oingo Boingo to the max. Like
1: I'm gonna say, fresh out of Oingo Boingo.
0: Yeah. As soon as uh, like the you know the the movie credits went in, and then like I heard that boom 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 boom, and I yes. was like, "Oh yeah!" I was <laughs> I told Aubrey, I was like, "Yeah, that's Danny Elfman." Without yeah. Even, there's, like, I, there's no mistaking it. Exactly, and he does such a good job with Tim Burton's movies. Like his care, like they really do work really well together because he's really good at doing like really light quirky stuff, but then he does yeah. really dark menacing scores as well. Right. He, but it's
1: all like whimsical at the same time. Like somehow he just blends. Like you're not really scared, though. This is probably, I would say, the scariest one that he's done. I mean, that, I know we did. Elfman's sleep-
0: der- done.
1: Oh, well, Tim Burton. I mean, along with Danny Elfman, because I know we did Sleepy Hollow. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember that one being scary, really. Oh, that movie's way darker than
0: this one. You think so? Yeah, it's seri. It's played really serious, and it's. There's gore in it and like different stuff like.
1: Oh, it is. I need to rewatch it. It's been that's been a long time since I've seen that one.
0: Well, maybe we'll shelve that one for Halloween because like that one's um, that one's a lot of fun. So we could yeah. And
1: like Sweeney, I love Sweeney Todd. I know Mm -hmm. that one's super dark. I don't think again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's scary though.
0: No, that one's not scary. It's just dark, and I don't think that was that Danny Elfman because that's a Broadway show. So that's why, I think all most of the music was. Right, that was, was the actual music
1: from the Broadway, right? Unless he did some of the maybe there's some of the in-between stuff, but I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Anyways, another rabbit trail. I well, know, not really a right? rabbit trail.
0: Well, that one was sort of uh yeah, in the same same same, you know, same neighborhood. So, Michael right. Keaton based his performance of Beetlejuice actually uh, off of Chop Top from the te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre too.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Which I haven't seen that movie yet, so.
0: We'll we'll get to it. That'll be I know, I can't wait. Which is really funny, another little rabbit trail. The beginning, like the coolest scene out of the movie, is the beginning part of the movie, and it's an Oingo Boingo song that's playing, and it's just like freaking legit. And so, anyways, that's a little wow. Danny, Danny Elfman we thing kinda, right there.
1: We kind of tied it all together. That was we not did. so much of
0: a rabbit
1: trail. Yeah, um, I gotta say, uh, I'm kind of. A, I realized as I was watching this movie, I'm kind of a big Gina Davis fan.
0: Oh, dude, I she's think, like, yeah, she's so she's, solid
1: awesome and she's like freaking beautiful like in every movie she's in like she just she just looks good from early on till right her later stuff she's she's awesome
0: was this yeah and she's
1: done so many different types of roles i mean yeah uh, you know stewart little's mom like total mom mode and then she's
0: the know, last kid last kiss goodnight
1: oh i know and then she can be this total action star you know badass chick and Right. Uh, was it Cutthroat Island? That's a crazy one.
0: I never saw Actually, that one. I knew That's that was another
1: a, one that I've only seen pieces of.
0: Well, I know it was a it's, box office bomb, so that's why. Man, we right. really. Okay, so Gina Davis. Good. Good stuff. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alec Baldwin um, hates this movie. He thinks he yeah. did a terrible job in it. And I was like, this is one of the only movies I like Alec Baldwin in. <laughs> um, well, he's
1: just kind of. He's just. I, mean, I don't want to say vanilla, but he's definitely not like. It's not like. Like I don't know his. It's not a super standout. Baldwin no. Baldwinness that yeah. He can no, kind I'm... of do. He didn't steal the show.
0: No, not at all. And now I'm just joking. Like Alec Baldwin's like he's got a lot of other good roles. I mean like obviously Hunt for Red October and different things like right. that. Um. You know, you know what's funny though in this movie he reminded me so much of his brother Stephen Baldwin. I was like you look so much like your brother because like obviously when they get older they don't look as much. But in this movie yeah. I was like dude it's Fred Flintstone or not Fred Flintstone it's Barney. But anyways,
1: right, right yeah no they do they did have a that strong resemblance uh, uh dude i, I really like the house I, I had to look it up but the house at least the exterior shot mm-hmm. um is very unique and turns out it was fake it was uh-huh. a facade they built just for the exterior shots and then they tore it down after the fact
0: ah uh, um, see it's always kind of like like i get why they tore it down but it always kind of sucks when that happens um yeah well, what was I going to say about that? You just brought up something that totally reminded me of, uh... Anyways, good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Beetlejuice is actually named after a star in the Orion constellation. It is... Right. Yeah, it's With the ninth... that
1: crazy, crazy, was it German spelling?
0: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and it's pronounced Beetlejuice, <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: But it looks like Betelgeist.
0: <laughs> yeah, Betelgeist, yeah. Is what it looks like. Which is funny. Like, they spell it that way in the movie, like, all over the place. Right. Um, but then, like, they also spell it Beetlejuice, which they spelled it that way, uh, the American way, I guess you would say, because it's easier. And honestly, it's it's way more eye-catchy, and it's iconic. And Yes. So, yeah, let's yeah, talk. Yeah, and
1: everybody would, everybody would have been butchering that. They oh, would yeah. not have called it Beetlejuice.
0: And honestly, I just don't think foreign films were as hot then as they are or accepted then in America as they are now. And so if they came across as looking like a non-American, non-English word, then I think people would be like, huh? So that was definitely
1: a good move on their part to Americanize the spelling.
0: Right. And so also, too, um, apparently, like at the end of the movie, originally Lydia was supposed to die in a fire. And since then the movie— Yeah, and since, and since uh, she was originally already like writing that suicidal note and, and stuff, the I guess the ending was like, yeah, she dies in a fire and she gets to be with her friends in the afterlife, and then people, the some of the producers were talking and they're like, you know, this is kind of sending the wrong message to the kids that like death <laughs> is the happy answer.
1: Death is the answer, right? right?
0: And I think that was a really smart move on their point to change that in the because actually this movie, for all of its. Perversion and weirdness um, it has some actually pretty good morals in it, and it's a pretty yeah. family friendly or family focused movie. It's not family friendly, but it's family focused. Right.
1: Well, like, that to me it's tricky because it I would say like ninety percent, eighty five percent of this movie feels family forward. Right. And then you know Michael Keaton comes out and dropping
0: the f bomb and grabbing it's his nuts off the
1: wall. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: I saw. I heard this is the only one of the only movies to be rated PG in the pg-13 era yeah. where they drop an f-bomb
0: yeah there's there's four pretty... of them yeah there's four movies that have the f-bomb in it and i didn't write them down so yeah this is the one of the four right. that, which is that's oh pretty intense and
1: then as far as you know scary it also and I, I i forgot where i read it but apparently it won an award for um best horror movie really um some some minor i don't know film award uh, i think it was even for the following year but they that they awarded it but Oh that's um, cool. It was actually recognized as a horror movie which I think that's a bit extreme to to call it a full-out horror movie but it has a lot of the right elements. It's a cool ghost story.
0: I don't I, I definitely
1: mean, dig the ghost story element.
0: I definitely I, I think it would actually fall under a horror movie like very it does but it's um it's a very light uh horror yeah, movie. Yeah it, it is. It is but, a horror movie it's just it's just mild. I mean, there's genuine wow, so. creepy, really creepy parts in it. Like, when oh, for sure, when he turns into the snake, like that's like super creepy. Right. We come for your daughter, Chuck. Yeah, it's just that's super <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah, um, it does. It just
1: and that surprises you And its. It's not like a jump scare, but you're just like, dang, that got weird or creepy or kind of right. scary all of a sudden, and then it's back to being kind of whimsical and. Right. Uh, back to Winona Ryder. Like to me, she's such a vanilla, goth. Like she's not like a like a super dark. Marilyn Manson looking goth, you know?
0: No. (laughs) Yeah. No, she's the, she's the, I don't know what you would say, she's the gateway drug to the (laughs) goth culture. She's a a gateway goth. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like the the thing that's funny though is, um, yeah, or not funny, but the thing I thought was interesting too is um, they only spent a million out of the 15 million on special effects because Tim Burton, Tim, Tim Burton, Tim Burton initially, (laughs) He really wanted the the movie to look cheesy on purpose. So, yeah. I thought that yeah, was actually that really cool.
1: It was something like since the budget was a little bit on the small side for special effects, he on purpose was like, "Let's go B-movie style and let's right. cheese it up." Which is great. And then it to me, it really strongly reminded me all those those, you know, B kind of cheesy effects. It really reminded me and there's a lot of elements from Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Right. Well, it has i think a,
1: translated straight over
0: it has definitely like uh ray harryhausen like vibes to it but then it also Big feels time. almost like gumby sometimes um mm-hmm. and i think surprisingly because they intentionally went cheesy it actually the movie looks good like um what is that 30 years after it's been out like it's still you yeah. can watch it it holds up because it intentionally was cheesy when it came out versus you know right, like that's it's, it's late... not
1: like oh, this is the best effects we could throw at it, you know, no, it was <laughs> right. <laughs> they went backwards on it. It was pretty uh, it's to me, it's a little bit of that kind of indie filmmaker groundbreaker you know thing that you look for in in new um directors, you know, and that's right it's like a a throwback technique, but using it in a modern application,
0: yeah, no, it's so interesting because like this movie shouldn't have worked technically it just really shouldn't have it just it, right it's it's too weird and dark to be a family film but it's i don't know it's it rides that right that line right there it's like a transitional yeah. film um yeah. yeah it's interesting
1: but it is uh it's quite funny i was surprised how much i was enjoying it and laughing and i'm well, not surprised well i got a little bit surprised like i just i had never gotten around to watching it and then here i am <laughs> Finally, seeing it, I was like, man, this, this is really fun. Like, this is a really fun movie, and just it's still so quirky and weird and dark and morbid. And <laughs> right, <laughs> just kind of well, it's I, a
0: ride, it's kind of a ride. I do like how they clearly the whole movie is about death and how they breach that topic in a kind of lighthearted way. Because at first, you're kind of like, oh, that's creepy, they died, and blah blah blah. Um, but, <laughs> um, the for me, the funniest part of the whole movie is when they, they miss the dog. And they go through the wall, and the dog's (laughs) standing on the one plank that's holding them up. I just, that just, I busted out laughing because I just didn't expect that. Right. And And then
1: the bumper sticker on their car that you see early on, like in the first opening shot as it it pans up to the house, mm -hmm. it says something like, I break for animals. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So
0: it's
1: what you get.
0: Right. So I thought that was too funny, but I do like the the whole thing about family though and the reason they care about Lydia besides the fact that she could see them is like they yeah. can't have kids and so like the fact that all of a sudden they have an opportunity to be type type of parents to, to this uh, this one person who need, who's maladjusted right not saying that God's are maladjusted she just was clearly like going off the deep end and like suicidal
1: right yeah her just the messed up kind of family thing her dad was kind of I don't know having his own so, a crisis of self, or whatever you want to call it, and then the weird stepmom you know, she's just kind of a whack job trying to do her thing and you know, getting know, lost, lost in the mix. But yeah,
0: go and ahead. it's totally funny because that actually kind of totally reminds me of her character inside uh, Shit's Creek. <laughs> so, yeah, um, like it literally could, could be her, <laughs> like her twin sister or something like right. that. She's obsessed with the new stuff and all that. Right. I just thought that was hilarious. She
1: is, she is so awesome. I she love her. Is.
0: And I was, yeah, she's, anything she's in, I'm like, okay, she's going to have a good role. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah I don't think I've ever seen her in a role that I didn't like.
0: No, yeah, she's always good. Like, what, so what was your actual, like, thoughts on this, since this is the first time you actually saw the movie? So, okay, like, for example, let, uh, let me break it down real quick. Like, my, uh, sure. my wife and I watched this. I remembered this movie being crude, and so, uh, but my wife was like, I don't remember this movie being that crude. Like, it's like, it's not like... I don't know, like fart jokes and stuff. It's like it's it's like boner jokes, and yeah, and it's it's not shy about it. And so, uh, yeah
1: that that actually was one of the things I wrote down, just how much because I remember last week when we were talking about it, and then I I mentioned to Trinity, I was like, hey, let me, what do you think about me watching this with the girls? And she was just like, ah, uh, <laughs> let's let's not, you know, and right, um, and again, it's not like they haven't seen stuff or heard stuff like that, but it just I don't know why I keep having to justify that. I just feel like a bad parent. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, anyways. Well, it's kind of it's kind of weird cuz like when the the he goes over to like the brothel and like you're laughing but at the same time you're like this is awkward. Right. And yeah.
1: But it it just really surprised me whenever, you know, the 16 minutes of of Beetlejuice is there. I mean, you're just like this is not a kids movie. Like, mm. oh my gosh, it's no. very dirty and obscene, very sexually suggestive right um it just it goes you know it, i don't want to say the whole movie is extremes but when it gets to the humor like that coming from him it's yeah it is out there and it, it it's funny it is hilarious but i think you get kind of lulled into the family moving flow, right. and then all of a sudden it's like bam and he's just like oh it's it's kind of rated our humor a little bit right and uh you're just like wow that's it's shocking, but watching it as an adult and as a you know a Tim Burton fan, I was just like, wow, he's this is kind of a little more extreme than a lot of his other work.
0: Which is um, funny. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. ahead. Nope. I just to say it's funny though, because like this movie spawned you know a kids' cartoon. There was video games. Right. There was all kinds of stuff. And so clearly, yeah. this movie was aimed at families, and right. it got a PG rating, even though the PG-13 rating was out by then. And right. So,
1: and I think PG-13 would have fitted better i don't understand how it only got a pg rating and i I don't know it's funny though because you look at pg movies from the 80s and early 90s and there's a lot more language in them than pg movies have right now even with like you said pg-13 still being a a thing like i remember we watched um harry and the hendersons a few years ago yeah Uh, and i was surprised you know how many s bombs there were and yeah just you know, all pretty mild language but there was a fair amount i was just sh- kind of shocked i was like dang this is pg
0: yeah it makes sense now why like mom and dad were like no nah, there's a ton of cussing in this we're not gonna have our kids watch this and then right like, now it's I've, it's really kind of toned down where if
1: it is yeah family movies today are you know, most pg movies i mean there's not going to be really be any language it's yeah it's really extreme and then pg-13 is just That's where you start getting all the language. Right.
0: It's the new, yeah, it's the new PG of the 80s.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, it's just kind of odd. But yeah, that was, that was kind of my biggest impression was how fun and, you know, and dark it was. And then all of a sudden that really
0: dirty (laughs) humor. (laughs) Right. Roncy humor. Yeah. Super raunchy. But
1: it was. Hilarious! Like I just I, as soon as the movie was over, it's like we need more Beetlejuice, we need more Tim Burton, or yeah. sorry, we need more Michael Keaton. I I got it. It's so fun.
0: Yeah, I got to say, for him being such a gnarly, nasty character, I I really liked uh Beetlejuice. I just thought that it's kind of like the almost the thing, not the same as the Joker, where he's like obviously a villain, but you're like he's so captivating on screen, so yeah. much fun to watch. I, my favorite, yeah. my favorite part with him is when he's chilling on the two tombstones and he's telling Lydia like that uh, they you know they need to get married and she's trying to make a decision and she's like, okay, and she looks over at him and then he's just like straightens his coat and, and casually puts a pen back in his pocket and he's just looking at her like, you know what to do. I'm waiting. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that whole scene was just like so like I don't know, it's just like little small things that uh, Michael Keaton did in that and I was yeah. and he killed it and I was just like oh he man. did. Like, if I had seen this movie um, a couple of years ago, I would be a bigger Michael Keaton fan than, like, but like now, just because I appreciate, like, all, all the work as an older person, I see that. Because, like, I only remembered him in, like, Batman, and I thought he was kind of vanilla right. as Batman. And, you know, and so I don't think I saw him in anything else besides that, and that was a long time ago.
1: I know. I need to go back and watch, or, I mean, I say go back. I've never watched it, but he did, uh, I
0: think it was Mr. Mom. yeah. I think is his. I was gonna pull that up real quick. And I did, he didn't. He did like dupli- duplicity as well, right? Or multiplicity or something like that. Multiplicity. Uh, I think duplicity is actually a movie with Clive Owen. Yeah,
1: he's in a ton of stuff, but it's. I was trying to find his earlier stuff.
0: He started off, I thought, predominantly more as like kind of funny and like kind of light. Yeah, exactly.
1: Stuff. Yeah, no, he was very much a, a comedic actor. Yeah. And so this wasn't like a big. This wasn't a stretch. In fact, I think if I remember reading correctly it was more of a big deal for him to do batman than it was for him to do this um because yeah i'm looking at his um his uh filmography right now and there's a lot of like um sitcoms and stuff like that that he was doing Mm. and then um yeah i think it looks like his first first starring role oh i just passed it was mr mom Oh, in okay. 1980, 1983. So um, I know that's a, a fun comedy, but I still haven't really seen it. Like, I know what it is, but I never watched it. But, anyways, right. the, the dude is really funny. And I I would he love is. to see more, you know, he, now have him do more humor because he's definitely kind of just turned into this, in my mind. I don't know if I can speak for everyone, but it definitely, you think of him in more of a dramatic role.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, um, after Birdman and like the Fountain or the, the Foundation and all that stuff. Right and the Um, founder, founder. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, not foundation. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Why? Right. (laughs) Um,
1: Foundation. He's just a great actor. Like he really is. Like he does everything.
0: Killed it as the police chief and the other guys when he's constantly uh, reporting TLC. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Are you sure you haven't heard of that band?
1: (laughs) Uh. Yeah, but he's Michael Keaton's awesome. Is uh, it was a, a treat to watch him in this movie yeah um definitely definitely need more that was yeah. that was kind of my takeaway towards the end of this was there's i can't believe they haven't done another one yet my other takeaway was it's so it's such a crazy and weird story and i know we kind of expect that from tim burton mm-hmm. but there's a level of weirdness that you don't see in a lot of his other movies right um, i feel i mean you have this one you've got nightmare um what was the other one i wrote it down um Oh, and Edward Scissorhands—that was the other one. Mm-hmm. Just kind of really bizarre. I mean, I guess you could say Big Fish is kind of bizarre too. Not in the um, same
0: way, though. No, not exactly. Not.
1: I just that one's such more of a feel-good movie. But those other ones are just darker and weird, right? You know, and whimsical and fun still. But I just he hasn't done one like that in a long time. He's right. really gone kind of away from that. So, anyways, Tim Burton. I know you're a big fan of the show, so we're just saying <laughs> do an, <laughs> do do something like that again. Do one yeah. of those
0: like you know, dark and weird and whimsical. Those are some of our favorites of yours. Yes. I thought Dark Shadows was gonna be a return to that style when I saw the trailers, and then uh I didn't hear good things about the movies, I didn't end up no, watching it. Did
1: I watched you? it, it's okay. Is it's it? it's definitely uh eh, you know, wasn't that terrible, sucks. but it was it was just kind of there. Right, it's definitely, it is funnier than, I guess, the original show was. I guess the original show was very much more of a soap opera.
0: Oh, yeah, no, you never saw the original show? No. Oh, yeah, no, it's like straight-up soap opera, but with vampires, so it's a little creepy. It's uh, it's actually a lot of fun. But it's, yeah. But anyways, um, I'm trying to think about uh, anything else we want to talk about, Beetlejuice, before we start going to final verdicts on this.
1: Oh, the musical sequences are oh, super yeah. fun.
0: How did we not uh, talk about Deo? Yeah,
1: I know. And just that whole that part, like I don't remember seeing before. So obviously I missed that. Even though I know that's like iconic from the movie, I totally <laughs> forgot dinner, about that part. The dinner party when they started doing the and just at first like if, I felt a little cringy, and then I was just like, oh man, they're owning it. Like they're just right. It's like a it's a super fun possession thing, and yeah, and it's great.
0: Well, the thing that was fun too, though, is like um, Tim Burton actually was not, he was nervous about that scene. He didn't know if it was going to play or not. And then, like, it turns out to be one of the most memorable scenes of Beetlejuice. If you don't remember Beetlejuice, the main character besides that, that's like the main scene. Right. And that in the scene, of course, like, how do we not talk about this? Where they're in the waiting room and they have to see all the way the people uh, died. And the dude's like, hey, you want a cigarette? And he's like, I'm trying to give up smoking. Know,
1: and he's a burn victim.
0: My favorite <laughs> character in that thing, though, it doesn't say anything, but it's this, like, person that's in a sleeping bag, and you can see the end of a rattlesnake out of the sleeping bag, and they're just, what, oh. standing there. <laughs> I was just like, oh, do you know what happened there? Right.
1: Well, that, it was super fun, because every, you can, they didn't have to say anything. You could just see how everybody died. It was, right. It was very funny, like, sight gags.
0: Right. Yeah, that, I really enjoyed that, and then I liked the, the part later where Otho's, like, He's like, it's said that people who commit suicide, they become civil servants in the afterlife. And right. if you watch all of the civil servants, like, uh, committed suicide, committed yeah. suicide. yeah, like <laughs> Joni, like has a cut across her neck. The one girl yep. is like, I, I slipped my wrist. And then but I, I, I laughed out loud when the dude's like handing out uh mail and he's hanging from the, the yeah. mail thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um. I really enjoyed that stuff. I wish there was a lot more of it in there. Unfortunately, I feel yeah. like since it's an hour and a half long movie, I I feel like like a good thirty minutes of it to thirty five minutes of it is only like the supernatural stuff, and a majority. Yeah. I mean, technically the part with the Matlins, Matlands, um, technically they're ghosts, but they don't obviously look crazy or anything like that. Um,
1: right. A lot of it's pretty mellow. You know what's going on? What are and they look very normal. Which yeah he was um and so obviously you see. In the the wait the death waiting room or the afterlife, how everybody how everyone died is how they finished, or how right. how they are seen in the afterlife. Except the Matlins, they drowned. They should have been soaking wet, right, all the time. And he Tim Burton had decided that it would have been too um, you know uncomfortable for the actors to be, you know, right. wet the entire time. And it, it kind of doesn't matter. I don't think it's it's a to me it's a forgivable point. Right. Um, it's so- it's interesting that yeah they weren't like that, but it would have been. I don't it will almost would have been creepier if they were still looking wet yeah. and drowned the whole time.
0: Yeah, no, that um, would have been creepier. They would have lost the human element the connection with uh with Lydia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely think so. Um I think that was it for me. I want me jumping yeah. into uh stuff. I feel good about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh let's see here. I just want to double check, make sure. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, no, that's about it. All right. Cool. So let's go to our final verdicts on this one. So uh number one was it relevant when it came out like and uh what do you think
1: um well i i gave it a b but i mean it was one of the top 10 grossing films mm-hmm. of the year i mean aside from that it made it did really well making its own money back and th- yeah. and a lot more um which i know we've talked about that in the past with other movies it's hard to gauge that sometimes yes maybe it made a lot of money but did it you know was it really impactful in the time period but um i kind of have to go with an a i think i think it was a pretty solid home run i mean top 10 movie of the year won oh, an yeah. oscar for visual effects i think it was so yeah i think it was very solid
0: yeah i definitely uh, give it an a because shoot i wasn't even allowed near any of that stuff and i still knew who the beetlejuice character was like there mm-hmm. was because it's everywhere like for kids stuff yeah yeah yeah, so I definitely, uh, I definitely give it an A. Is it still relevant today? That was another tricky one for me. Like I, yeah, I
1: know in a in a cult way, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anybody that likes Tim Burton, you mean, You mentioned Beetlejuice, and everybody's like, oh yeah, right. Uh, the, and then the the uh, the Broadway show is is fairly new. I didn't realize it was that new. Yeah, it was like twenty nineteen. Yeah, just a couple years ago. So I. I don't, I, I had first, my first thought was a C, but I feel like I got to bump it up to a B just with it kind of being relevant like that. And it still has standing power. And then for me watching it and just, I was, and seeing how much it holds up, yeah. you know, 30 years later. So I think I'm going to go with a B.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to go with a B too because there's, there's still interest in the property. Like they want to make a sequel. Um, yeah. It's definitely. It's. I think it was definitely influencing for Tim Burton's fans for sure, because that was like yes. the first one I would say. Well, I mean, I didn't see Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I need to watch that. But this is the first one that clearly has um, German Gothic architecture, which is like oh, all yeah. Tim Burton loves that stuff, yeah. and,
1: and this you, is has his fingerprints all over it. Right.
0: Time. It's clearly heavily influenced by like what he likes and shoot, There's even that little like character of Jack Skellington on top of the like the um carnival thing that's on michael right. keaton's head at the end
1: yeah and the sandworms are definitely like worm yeah kind of characters almost like. and puppet looking ones in nightmare as well Yeah, there's just so many elements that right translated right into nightmare
0: yeah absolutely which is kind of funny like a lot of actors from this are in nightmare actually that's that's pretty interesting though so let's do personal enjoyment man it just it really shocks me that you're a you're a huge Tim Burton fan and you hadn't seen this movie. I know,
1: right? Yeah. I, that I really shocked me. So many me. of his movies, and I don't know why I never got around gotten around to see it. So when you suggested this, I was just like, heck yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> it's about time that I watched this movie. I could not wait. Yeah, I and, th- uh, that
0: that's the biggest surprise so far for me for this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for the year, dang. For the year.
0: <laughs> Can we top it? We don't know.
1: We don't know. Um okay, so speaking of that, I I gotta give it a B okay um i i really enjoyed it It wasn't quite an a for me but i really liked it it was super fun
0: nice i gave it i'm gonna give it a c because um we were watching the movie and about halfway through the movie we paused it we had to put harper to bed and we were talking about it and i was like this movie's really slow it was just not moving very fast for me and then we came uh back to start watching the rest of the movie again and that's like it's literally like at the halfway mark when that movie just like it kicks off yeah and like all the crazy stuff starts happening, you actually get Beetlejuice, and then it was a lot more entertaining. Movies moving faster; they had gotten past all the setup. And part of um, so for me, I think the movie is actually really well put together, and um, yeah. it's definitely a piece of art. But for me personally, though, um, I probably won't watch it again unless mm-hmm. like it's somebody who's like really wants to watch it, or if it's on. So for me I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a C because it's totally a decent film and stuff, but like it's right. for me it's not uh it's not super rewatchable like um some of other some of Tim Burton's other films.
1: I get that. I totally get that. Yeah, I was surprised myself as I'm watching it and when you first hear Michael Keaton's voice, like you don't even see him. It's just a voiceover when he's looking at the the, the classifieds or the obituaries, that's yeah. what it was. But he's looking for a job. Yeah. And i looked down at the time on the movie and i was like dang it's almost halfway through the movie when you first hear his voice i mean that's that's a lot of movie going through already before right you even you know here's the main characters or the the name of the movie that character's
0: voice so yeah i i get that it's like seeing casper halfway through the movie right yeah seriously <laughs> midnight is it a midnight watch so no it is not for me <laughs> um <laughs> no <laughs> not now
1: um definitely it's definitely a midnight josh so you know how how i am about that yes not a midnight watch i kind of feel though like if i had seen it more often it could have been maybe
0: i can Um, see that yeah
1: but as yeah but as of right now it's like yeah i would i would enjoy parts of it but i I can't say i would just be like oh i'm watching all of it like big fish i'm watching all of it right right that's happening
0: no i totally get that and i totally understand the love that people have for this movie kind of like absolutely it's it's like flash gordon i totally get that like uh, yeah. And I'm in the same boat as Flash Gordon. I really wanted to like this movie more. I thought I was going to really enjoy it. And, well, okay, not not as much as I really wanted to. I really wanted to enjoy Flash Gordon. It just, I know you did. It just wasn't there. <laughs> I was like, ah. The, you know? the
1: disappointment in your voice was very, very apparent. <laughs> I was,
0: yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so, yeah, it's not a Midnight Watch for me either. But I totally think this would be a movie that would be up a lot of people's alleys as a Midnight Watch.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it has that vibe. That cult, you know, I can't, I mean, I want to call it a cult classic, but it's like not. It was a mainstream success. And you're right. I guess maybe by today's like pop culture standards, if you're into it, it might feel like a cult classic, especially if you're younger, maybe. Right. Like, oh, that's an old movie, but I really like it kind of a thing. Right.
0: Well, it's kind of like, um, yeah, because like Nightmare Before Christmas is like still very much at the forefront yeah. of well, pop it's, culture. it's such a...
1: It's such a big Disney property, and they push it every year. Yeah, you know, every Halloween, even and Christmas, even. I mean, it's a big part of the ride, the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't ever
0: kind of just seems yeah. to be
1: yeah growing in popularity, even.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Versus, uh, what was it, Beetlejuice? Um, I'm trying to think. I thought there was like a now. Well, I mean, obviously they have the Broadway show, but I thought they had something else like that besides the cartoon. You know what's funny, though? It's just in the 90s and the 80s, they, like, made cartoons out of all kinds of stuff.
1: Out of everything, I know. Right. It was crazy.
0: Right. But anyways, I I think that's about it. So, uh, yeah, that wraps it up, you guys. If you want to check out this movie, uh, I rented it on Amazon Prime. What about you? It was on Hulu. That's where I saw it. Hey, there we go. Uh, Yeah, well, special thanks to our sound producer, Jake Colvin. Um, You guys, share this episode if you liked it. And if you didn't like it, share it and say you didn't like it. And uh, share it, share it. <laughs> no, no lie. Say it was
1: amazing and pass it on.
0: <laughs> share and share like. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. No, share it away. Everybody.
1: And uh, please subscribe, rate, review our podcast, uh, especially on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, but check it out. It's on Spotify, YouTube, and I think just about every other platform. Also, check out our Instagram and our Facebook pages. I know no one's really on Facebook. That's fine. Please. Blow up our Instagram. We'd love to see uh, some more comments and whatnot. Try to get oh, some, yeah. some some chattering back and forth. We are very close to putting out a little a little tiny bit of merch, some stickers or something. So be on the lookout for that. We'll try to figure out some kind of a giveaway or something to start getting that out to y'all. And yeah. um, that's it. You can also reach us. You can DM us on Instagram, obviously. That's a great way. But you can also reach us the old-fashioned way. Our email is the Podcast at gmail.com
0: that's right yeah and that's i definitely say um if you want to stay up to date with what we're doing we're um constantly posting stuff on instagram so like that's probably the number one place to find find uh, the latest and greatest with what's going on with us
1: yep straight up
0: yeah all right well thank you guys so much you have a fantastic week and as always keep up the watch